0: Well, it's good to be with you this morning, and um, for those that are watching via their computer, welcome. My name is Rob Perry. I'm the site pastor here for our Durant campus, and we are in week number two of this new series we started last week called The Lost Art of Friendship. We're spending four weeks looking at friendship. It's an important thing. Every one of us desires to have a true friend. We go in search of that true friend. It doesn't matter what age, that you are in here, we all need friends. Now, if we were to look at our social media apps, we're more connected than ever before. And I look at social media, it says, I have hundreds of friendships. By their definition, I am, social, I am relationally rich, right? We, and so probably so are you. We are relationally rich, yet we know that true friendship's really hard to come by. There are studies that are showing that just like um, social poverty and material poverty is a real thing an issue in society, so is relational poverty, that we are missing something relationally. We've allowed our busyness to scrunch in our time to nurture and find those good relationships. We've allowed things like social media to distort and influence our view on friendships, That's the scary thing. There was a study done in 2011 that ABC reported on in 2012. And what they reported was that one-third of all the divorce proceedings of 2011, one-third of them had the keyword Facebook in it. Three years earlier, it was 20%, and it had grown to 33%, and it continues to rise. Is that, is that the way friends are to relate? Is that what a friend's about? How do I look for a friend? How, what kind of friend am I to be to, to others? And if the church doesn't talk about this kind of thing, then other people will fill in the blank, fill in the gap for us. It's important that we talk about it because too much is at risk to gamble on, hey, we will all get our definition, our view on biblical friendship from others. There's too much at risk to do that. What's at risk? We looked at it last week and it's a principle that is guiding us throughout this whole series. And it's this, my friends influence my future. What's at risk is your future. It's that important. This principle applies whether you're a believer in God or not. It will influence Uh, Friends will influence your life. Now, Solomon came up with this. It's not us. He came up with this. A lot of his wisdom is captured in the book of Proverbs. And he says this, walk with the wise and become wise. For a companion of fools suffers harm. There's a promise. Walk with the wise, you'll become wise. He doesn't say for a companion of fools, if you become a companion, you'll become a fool. He doesn't say that. Like he does, walk with the wise, you become wise. But what will happen if you become a companion of a fool, your life will suffer. There's no avoiding this. Every one of us will run into this, whether we believe in God or not. It's a truth. And so we're spending the next four weeks looking at, through this, this series, how to build good friendships. How to let go of friendships that we shouldn't have around. And so we're going to continue in that today. I'm going to ask that the ushers come down. They have Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to be looking at Scripture today. And so I would love for you to have a Bible. I'd love for you to go home with a Bible if you don't have one. So signal to the usher, they will give you one. It is yours to keep or to borrow if you just need it for the morning. Today, we're going to hone in on a particular (coughs) principle, if you will. And it's this, one friend could change the direction of my life. One friend. Next week we'll look at one community could change the direction of my life, but today we're looking at how one friend could change the direction of our lives. Who in here had parents freak out over their friends and their relationship with friends? Yeah. The kids in the first service, they did not want to raise their hand at all, but parents in the back, oh, me, because we all have experiences. I remember when I was a kid, I'd say, can I go to the mall? My parents would say, "Who's going with you?" Or I'd say, "Can I go over to Johnny's house?" I go, "Johnny, I don't. Who's Johnny? I don't know. Know Johnny? Why don't you have Johnny come over and spend some time at our house?" Sometimes they'd even say, uh, "Yeah, that'd be good, Johnny. But maybe today you could have Richard come over. Richard, he's such a good kid. Man, what a great kid! You need to be around him some more." Parents, I think, understand this principle that one friend could change the direction of our lives. And as my parents watched over me, I didn't get it. I thought they were nagging me. But I get it now, and I lovingly do this to my kids. Except I have a whole lot more at my disposal. I got a digital surveillance system, <laughs> right? They, back then, they didn't have a phone, a cell phone or tablet. I've got things like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Vines, find my friend. And if they have GPS turned on, I can see where they are, who they're with, what they're saying, who their friends are, what they're saying, what they're doing. I can see what all of you are doing. I'm a stalker on Facebook. (laughs) But I'm... I'm able to see all this, and I'm glad that I have these tools as a parent because I understand that one friend could change the direction of my kid's life and my my life. Solomon says it this way, The godly give good advice to their friends. The wicked lead them astray. Some of your translations will use the word guides or cautiously examines that a good friend will guide you in the right direction. They'll be cautious about where they're taking you, but an evil or a wicked person will lead you astray. Both are taking you down a direction. You're going to go somewhere, but one is going to bring you to the right place. And it's natural for us. We should be seeking, it's not natural, but we should be seeking out those good friends. What's natural when we hear, go get a friend like that, we think, go and get somebody the same age. We want friends the same age. Teenager, go get a teenage friend. 20, get somebody who's 20, perhaps single. But don't exclude different generations because God uses the different generations to benefit one another. My parents actually scheduled some time for me and my principal in high school. Not, not because I was in trouble, you would think that. But it was after school, it was uh, regularly, like uh, every week, every, maybe twice a week for about an hour, hour and a half. And what my parents were doing is they saw something in me, and so they set up some time with Mr. Petrillo, who was my high school principal, who was gifted in a certain area that I was interested in. And my parents were hoping that as we became friends, that he would see that same thing in me, And then guide me toward perhaps pursuing that. And and that's what I did. He taught me a lot of stuff. He gave me good advice. But he also gave me confidence. Because he saw that thing in me and he said, hey, you seem to be enjoying that. You're good at this electronic stuff. Have you ever thought about going to school for that? I would have never done that. I came from a very blue collar town. I I didn't have confidence in myself, but this man helped me see some things and gave me the courage and the confidence to step into college, to then step out of that into a good job, provide. And this one friend changed the direction of my life. And that's true for you as well. One friend could do that. They will guide you in the right direction. Now, Donnie last week made us, he said, write down, we took a couple, like 15 seconds in the service, he said, write down five of your closest friends. I want you to think about those friends today, those that you have allowed to get close to you, your five closest friends. What was the criteria? What criteria do you use to allow those people to be close to you? Are you intentional with your criteria or do you just go with whoever accepts me? Acceptance is important. We, well, I don't think we seek out, hey, you reject me. I would love to be your friend. No, we, need, we want to be accepted. We want to be accepted for the right reasons. But the thing about friendship, the, the thing that makes it so great, acceptance, also makes it very dangerous. Because often, we see where they are leading us astray. We see this stuff that isn't right, but we say stuff like, well, I'll never do what they're doing. I just won't go there. Trust me, I won't. But we allow ourselves to get close to those folks, and what ends up happening is they influence our life and they change the direction of our lives in ways that we often regret, sometimes regret for a lifetime. It doesn't have to be this way. We may not be able to choose some things in our life, but we can definitely choose our friends. And a wise person will look for that good friend who will lead you in the right direction. So in light of that, It raises a question to me, and you're probably saying the same thing. You're saying one thing. I get it. I get this whole thing that one person could influence me and change the direction. But Rob, what is a good friend? What is a true friend? How do I find that true friend? Well, the Bible gives us answers. There are friendships in the Bible that we can use to examine what a true friend is. And so I want to use Scripture today to look at some of the friendships. We're going to look at a friendship, one in particular, with David. We all know David. Even if you didn't grow up in the church, you know David because he was this little boy who faced a giant, right? And he picked up a stone and he killed Goliath. We know David. But you may not know his good friend, Jonathan, And we're gonna look at that friendship because it was a very, very special friendship. And to kind of help you grasp the friendship and the context of the friendship, I need you to imagine this. Imagine a young boy who has it all. He comes from a very powerful family. Everybody knows that he is next in line for the family business. Folks know that he will be the heir to the family fortune. And they know that he is gifted for it. He's ready. He's prepared. He's had all the experiences. He's been with his father. He's groomed for it. But this young man decides that he is going to sacrifice that for his true friend that he feels is better suited for the empire to take over the empire. That's the context of this friendship. Now, Jonathan is that young boy. His father, Saul, first king, Jonathan is the prince. He's due up to be all powerful, to step in. But he befriends David. And he believes that David is the one that should have that their the friendship is within that. And we want to look at it. We're not going to look at their friendship the way that we can tend to do that. And that is look at externals, look at the appearance of the friendship, because we know that God looks at the inside. He looks at the heart. He looks at the character because that's what matters here when we're talking about true friends. And so let's jump in, let's go to 1 Samuel 18, and we read, after David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. There was an immediate bond between them, for Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him, and he wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David, because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David, together with his tunic, his sword, his bow, and belt. See, Jonathan, this robe represents authority, represents power in Israel. And in essence, when he's giving that over to David, he is transferring, he's saying, You are the heir of this empire. Jonathan is sacrificing all of that for David. And so a characteristic of a true friend, a true friend is unselfish. You see, a true friend is one of those rare people that ask you how you're doing and they wait to hear the answer. So many times I'm guilty of asking, how are you doing? And I'm 10 feet past the person as they're giving me the answer. But a true friend is one who is unselfish and that loves you the way they love themselves. And so think about the five friends that you wrote down last week or today, if you weren't here last week, think about those five friends. How are they doing here? Are they unselfish? I got a little test for you to uh, apply. And you can tell if your friend is selfish or not. If you hear your friend say this, they may be selfish. If you hear them say that I only get to please one person a day and I choose me, then you may have a selfish friend. You may have a selfish friend if you hear them say, that's totally what I I wanted to do today. Drop everything and deal with your crap. (laughs) You might have a selfish friend. Or you might have a selfish friend if they say, hey, as long as everything is is exactly the way I want it, I'm totally flexible. (laughs) It's not that clear cut, is it? It's not that way. But as I reflect on my relationships, past and present, what has been meaningful, the, the relationships that have touched me deeply are those relationships where my friends have sacrificed themselves for the friendship, whether it was their time by writing a card, a call, a visit, their talent doing something for me, even resources when needed. And I hope that I have done the same for them, but a true friend is unselfish. How, How are your friends here? Are they about themselves? Are they always receiving? Because if they care more about themselves, what makes you think they will care about yourself? And I'm not, I'm not talking about a relationship is all about me. That's unselfish. But if your friends are all about themselves, what makes you think that they will care for yourself? A true friend is unselfish and could change the direction of your life. Let's look at another characteristic 1 Samuel 19, we read Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned, you must find a hiding place out in the fields. We read in uh, verse 4, the next morning Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. The king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said, he's never done anything to harm you. He's always helped you in a way he could. You see, a true friend will tell you the truth. They will be all about the truth. And Jonathan did this to those that were close to him, David and his father. He told them both the truth. And the truth can be helpful and it can hurt as well. It was helpful to David because his life was going to be spared. But it hurt to Saul, his father, because he confronted Saul and said, you're sinning. You're wrong in doing this. Sometimes the truth is helpful and it can hurt. And it's hard to tell the truth. Think of how easy it could have been for Jonathan to say, you know what? I give up. I love this whole idea of power and fame. I'm going after that. I'm just going to join my dad in his attitude over David. I'm just going to do that. It would have been really easy for him to do it because telling the truth is really hard. It's hard because sometimes we look at it and say, there's too much of a cost here. I might lose something if I tell the truth. I may lose a friend. I may lose a deal, but I may lose something that I value. And it holds us back from telling the truth. Sometimes we won't tell the truth because we've walked that road before and we don't want to face it again. Well, we don't want to let, I don't want to let you know that I walked that road. That's is pride. It's not easy to tell the truth. And so let me ask you, do you have a friend, are your friends going to tell you the truth when it's easy? Like Mr. Petrillo for me, Rob, you have this. Have you ever thought of Do you have that friend that sees that in you and encourages you? Do you have the friends that will also tell you the truth when it's hard? Rob, don't go there. It's not good for your testimony. God doesn't like it. You will lose in the end. There is no gray area, Rob. It's black or white here, don't do it. Do you have friends that will tell you the truth in the very hard times? Because true friends tell the truth and they could change the direction of your life. The last characteristic I want to look at today, and there's so many more. This is not an exhaustive list. We only have 25, 30 minutes together. Um, But I want to look at another one, and it comes when Jonathan goes out to David, and we read, One day near Haresh, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. What's it? It says he went to find David to do what? Encourage him. Encourage him in what? In, in his faith in God. You see, a true friend helps you get closer to God. It's not easy out there. There are times when we're tempted to take shortcuts. We're tempted to give up. And people around us start moving away from us. We find ourselves alone. We need friends who will come alongside of us when they don't even know what they're dealing with or could deal with. We need friends who help us depend on God. Maybe not the things we see, but just depend on God. Because a true friend will help you grow spiritually. This scene, as I was reading it, this verse reminded me of when I sat in a coffee shop and I was struggling over some career decisions. And I had a friend that set that up. He said, come meet me. And I sat with him and he said, what do you think God's calling you to do here? What do you think your options are? What obstacles do you see, Rob? Do you believe that God can move in those And then at the end, he didn't say, I'll just, I'll I'll be praying for you. He said, can I pray for you right now? Oh man, that really, to this day, I remember, he's a friend that helped draw me closer to God. Do you have those friends that value what you value? That have, that they're going to fan into the flame your faith and help you grow spiritually? Because that's what a true friend will do. And it will change the direction of your life. And as I've been talking about some of these characteristics, you've probably been thinking of a couple of things here. And I want you to be able to act on those things. I want you to be able to do something about it. Some of you are sitting here going, wow, I have some really good friends. I have true friends, true friends that come along my side. They tell me the truth, they help me grow spiritually. I'm just thankful for that. Then let the person know. Let that person know. And if if they've passed on, let the family know what that person did for you. Let them know, I'm thankful for your friendship because it influenced my life. God used you to guide me in ways that you probably didn't even know. But I got to tell you, I am thankful for it because it did make a difference in my life. Let them know about that. Also, it goes without saying, be a good friend to him. Be a good friend to everyone. There's a whole nother message in that. We can be busy looking, where's my Jonathan? Where's my Jonathan? I want a friend. Like, I want, give me a Jonathan. But the best way to find true friends is to be one to others because they'll want to be around you. They'll want to know you. But be a good friend. Now, some of you are sitting here going, oh boy, right? Uh, I'm a little low on the true friend count. What what do you do there? Well, recognizing that is huge. I don't want you to stop there, but to recognize I may not have, I may not be surrounded by the right people. You need to do something about that, but recognizing it is huge. we got a couple more weeks in the series to help move you through that, but I want to encourage you to take some steps into that because here's what I know. The godly give good advice, the wicked, the evil will lead you astray. I may not know you. I don't know your character, but I can look at your friends and I can tell your character. I can look at your friends and I see the future right now. And if you don't change, then there will be a direction change in your life. You'll be eaten up by anger, your family will be broken, you may lose a job, you may form an addiction, but it doesn't have to be that way. You don't have to deal with the consequences in a year. Why don't we pretend that a year from now is right now? You haven't even made the wrong decision. You stand in a spot where you can make the right decision now and not have to deal with the consequences of the crisis that you probably have on your hands. You can make the decision now because you could be one friend away from having the marriage you so desired and that God wanted you to have. You could be one friend away from being a a parent that positively influences the generations ahead. You could be one friend away from gaining control of your finances and telling your money where to go instead of it telling you where it went at the end of the month. You could be one friend away from breaking free from an addiction. You could be one friend away from meeting the true friend that will never leave you, never forsake you, give you the power and the giftedness to help others and change the direction of your life for eternity. And that's Jesus Christ. One friend could change the direction of your life. Seek the good, the godly, the right friend who will move you in the right direction and avoid, stay away from the ones that will lead you the wrong way. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your word, for the wisdom that's in here. And, and more importantly, that as my father, you are the best friend who cares for me, loves me, sent his son to die for me. And for those that are here, I pray that uh, if they don't know you, that they would step into that, come talk to somebody to meet that best friend that we have in Jesus. But I also pray that the loudest voice of acceptance is yours, and that um, whatever changes are necessary, I pray for those that are in here, that whatever fears, whatever things going on inside that makes them worry, but what will happen if, Lord, calm those fears, surround them with people who can help them take next steps to make changes that will make it fruitful in their life, and uh, just live a life that would be within your will. And it's in your son's name I pray. Amen.